Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. Well, the time has come. It's been a little over a year since we started writing this scenario, and you may have followed along in our online workshop, How to Write a Call of Cthulhu Scenario. Uh, we did a lot of discussing plots and conglomerating ideas. Uh, we wrote and we rewrote and we did some editing, and still we're not technically finished. Now comes the playtesting, which will be followed by putting it all down into a pleasant-to-read format. It's a lot of work. So, it's now my great privilege to run for the first time Failed Prospects. Our collaborators were Tyler Hudak and Morgan Llewellyn, uh, who did most of the actual writing and editing, uh, Oscar Rios, who helped with story development, Jason Melnichok, and Zane Fleming, who worked on character development, while I worked on continuity, handouts, graphics, uh, and I will be in charge of the final layout of the piece. Uh, we will consider this to be Playtest 1, and this is Episode 1. Note, if you have not watched our scenario creation workshop and you would like to be considered as a player in playtest number two, assuming that we have one, then you need to stop watching now. Otherwise, if you're just here for the fun, then let's begin our journey into the darkness. Throughout the late 1800s and early 1900s, the collection of fossils and dinosaur bones was all the rage. There were numerous amateur fossil hunters organizing themselves into large clubs. They scoured the countryside with quite a lot of success. That is, success in finding and collecting them, not in correctly identifying them. Many of these fossils ended up in private or personal collections. The rest were given to museums and colleges for study. By 1923, the University of Cincinnati had one of the best paleontology departments in the world. They received thousands of fossils and old bones from their amateur groups, and most of them were simply filed away, forgotten, and buried, just like they had been before they were dug up. But the head of the department, Dr. William Baker, loved to look through the endless stacks for something interesting. And on October 31st, I'm sorry, on August 31st in 1923, he found something he considered to be very interesting indeed. I should really point out that it was interesting to a paleontologist of his expertise. To you and me, it was just a bone. The bone had an almost useless name tag attached to it, which placed it in northeastern South Dakota, uh, no other name, date, or information. But Dr. Baker was intrigued. It took him a month to put together a team that was actually interested enough to accompany him out into the wilds. And, October, and on October 1st, 1923, he and his team left for Ohio for South Dakota. Most everyone else at the university went on with their routines. Uh, there were classes and lectures and parties. No one thought much about it. On uh, uh, Dr. Baker, I'm sorry, then on October 12th, the university was contacted by a very happy and excited Dr. Baker, who said that his discovery might make everyone involved very famous. He asked that they send out another team of scientists to assist. He asked for some by name. He wanted Professors Coppersmith and Hall, both skilled in identifying dinosaurs, 
he strongly suggested that they send Dr. Rathmore from archaeology, which raised a few eyebrows, and Dr. Wyndham Harper from biology, which raised even more eyebrows. Oh, and send a journalist. This is going to be a sensation. As it was, everyone was available except for Dr. Harper, who sent his top student as a replacement. It took you a week to get everything organized, to gather your equipment and pack your bags. And on Friday, October 19th, you and your team boarded the train at 9 p.m. It was a 12-hour ride. There were stops all along the way. You went through Indianapolis, Indiana, Chicago, Illinois, and Minneapolis, Minnesota, before crossing into South Dakota to Sisseton, and finally arriving at the West Haven train station at approximately 9 a.m. on Saturday, October 20th, 1923. The day is cool, but not unpleasant. The sky is clear. Many of the locals are already about their business. There is the pleasant smell of sawdust in the air, and the distant sound of a sawmill can be heard. It's not a big town. Its population hovers around 150. That's all. The train station is on the southern end of town, but you can see straight up the street is the Penman Hotel, where Dr. Baker and his team are staying. You carry your things north, past Harold's, uh, Harold's Garage, which seems to be largely devoted to repairing beat-up trucks and logging equipment. You hear the sweet voices of children singing their morning lessons from the schoolhouse. You pass the local doctor's home and office, which ironically is across the street from the graveyard, it being around and behind the West Haven Congregational Church. The Penman Hotel, directly in front of you, is a well-maintained white two-story building. To the left is a post office, and to the right is a small diner. Before you can cross the street, two young men in matching hotel uniforms come rushing out towards you to help you with your luggage. Welcome to West Haven. Can we help you with your luggage? Thank Oops. you. Yes, please. Thank you. All right, this way. Let me let me grab that from you. Uh, my name is uh, my name is George Penman, and this is here's Ernest. Um, uh, the owner is my father. Oh, very nice. Uh, I'm uh, uh, James uh, Coopersmith, uh, Doctor James Coopersmith. Oh, you're you're uh, one of the um, the people from the Cincinnati University. Doctor well, Baker told right. us. Doctor Baker told us y'all be coming. Ah, excellent, excellent. Is Doctor Baker uh, uh, at the hotel? Is he around? Well, he's got a room there. Uh, I think he's out on what do they call it, Ernest? A dig. Um, but, uh, my dad would know better than I, when we, when we get to the hotel, he'll, he'll answer any questions you might have. Oh, thank you. I, I do hope that we have transportation out to the dig. Don't make us walk all the way there too. So, um, they take your bags and, and you follow into the hotel. Uh, it's a nice place. Um, and behind the counter is uh, a gentleman, uh, looks to be like maybe in his 40s. Um, and he's like, welcome, folks. Welcome. Come on inside. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, you are probably uh, the people Dr. Baker sent for, yeah? Absolutely. Yes, sir. And I'm, uh, I'm sure I give the, the two boys that brought the bags, give them each a, a shiny quarter. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, hey, your, your job's not done yet. Hold on there. Uh, you're going to have to take their bags up to their room like I taught you. 
All right, folks, um, who's in charge? Well, being the elder of this here group, uh, I would uh, say that uh, I would be in charge of this, this group, uh, Professor Hall. Well, I don't know how your finances are arranged. I assume it's the same as the doctors, that the university is going to take care of the bill in the end. Um, would you like separate rooms or would you like to bunk up together? Uh, Dr. Baker and his teams are all bunked up together. I mean, two in a room, not with the women. The women have their own room. I've heard Dr. Uh, Coopersmith snoring, and if by all means, I'd like to be a separate room and at least a room between. Well, let's see. Uh, on the upstores, um, it uh, we've got uh, uh, Baker and his team. They're in twelve, uh, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve. Uh, so you have your choice of any of the other rooms, or you can take. We got four rooms down here on the ground floor, if you'd rather have those. I'm still working on a bum leg, so if you don't mind, I would take a ground floor. All right, we'll put you in number one. <clears throat> I'll go ahead and stay on the ground floor as well. All right, we'll put you in. Uh, do you want a bunk with him or do you want your own room? I would like my own room, please. All right, we'll put you in number two. Oh, I don't want to go upstairs, so I would like a a ground. Number three it is. I, oh, thank you. Uh, I wouldn't mind a room with a view. Maybe a, a, a corner unit upstairs would be lovely. Thank you. Well, pretty much every single room has a view of something. Uh, we'll put you in uh, 13. Fantastic. I can only presume that as students, Byron and I will be forced to bunk together. Well, if that, if you don't mind, that'll oh, economically help you out. Oh, do I have the uh, fine, fine. So you're going to be in two also. Just, I think we'll never hear the end of it if we try uh, to get separate rooms. No, we're, 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 in, we're in three, by the way, <laughs> not two. Yeah, I would be in two. And yeah, we're, we're so, thank you. <laughs> all right, all right. We caught that down, boys. You heard that? We're going to put them. Uh, we'll separate out their their luggage and and take them on up to uh, where they need to go. Uh, folks, uh, we can accommodate you if you need something here. Um, my wife, uh, Mary. Uh, she can do some cooking if you need some room service or coffee in the morning. Uh, but there is a diner right next day, door, the Hungry Jacks. Um, they open at 6.30 in the morning. And uh, there's a morning rush and a lunch rush and a dinner rush. We have a lot of logging people around here. Uh, Sounds excellent. Do you uh, happen to know, sir, how uh, far away the, the dig site is from, from here? Oh, it's quite a ways out there as far as I know. Um, seems to me that they've moved a couple of times. Um, I get, you know, little, the doctor talks to me a bit when he comes back in to get supplies and stuff. Does, uh, uh, does Dr. Baker, is he, did he uh, 
have hired cars or uh, drivers? Uh, we had a couple of old jalopies that they kind of borrowed some trucks uh, to haul some of their equipment and stuff out there with them. Uh, but um, that's going to be hard pressed. Uh, I was expecting Dr. DeBaker to come back and pick you up and take you out there. Uh, that's what his plan was anyway. Um, he didn't know exactly when you were going to be here. Did they happen to have a uh, telephone uh, out near where they're at? Maybe oh, no, into no. a telephone line? No, we have a telephone here in the hotel, but that's about it. Yeah, there's nothing out there. So uh, maybe we can just, after we uh, see our rooms, we can just get, uh, I don't know, coffee and a roll and we'll wait on the doctor. Is that? Yeah, you, you make your make yourselves at home. Um, uh, there's not really any way to get a message out to him, but he was expecting you. So uh, it's been about a week since last we saw him. So that's probably, he'd probably be in to pick up some new supplies. Well, if he was waiting on us, did he happen to leave a package? Oh, no, he hasn't left anything. Uh, he's had us store some of their equipment, um, uh, what he called surplus equipment. Uh, we got a storage room in the back. But other than that, no, he hasn't really left a, a message. I, I believe the last time he was here, he came in, uh, oh, was that last Saturday? Uh, came in last Saturday, uh, he and uh, Dr. Tucker, and uh, one of the boys, um, was it, uh, I can't remember his name, Harold or Harry or something like that, uh, he had uh, injured himself. And uh, they went off to see the doctor while uh, Dr. Baker stayed here and contacted the university. He used that phone right there. I heard part of the conversation. You must be some of the people he was asking for. So he, the Dr. Baker and his team, they're not coming back to the hotel each evening. They're, they're staying and camping at the uh, dig site, presumably. When they first got here, they were coming back every single day and they were eating at the hotel. But as they have changed their dig sites, they have moved farther and farther away. And at a certain point, they were coming in, you know, morning and evening to sleep here. And then they decided to camp out there. They had camping equipment with them. So I think now it's about like they're staying out there for about a week before they come back for supplies. And, and do, do you or do you know of anyone in town who knows where the dig site is? <laughs> well, I can tell you that my son, Matthew, he's uh, eight years old, um, and he's probably out fishing this morning. Um, he followed them out to their first site, uh, which is fairly close, I think a few miles, and uh, was curious, you know, curious boys, how curious boys can get. But uh, after that, it was too far, you know. Uh, my guess is you probably should best wait until they get back here and pick you all up. Other than that, and make yourself at home. Guess the university's flipping a bill, so might as well have some enjoyment while you're here. Sounds like a good idea, but uh, if if they are camping out at the site, then uh, could uh, one of your sons check in the storage room to see if maybe there's extra tents in case uh, we need to bring our own provisions? Well, I can check for you. Um, give me a couple of minutes. I'll check and see. 
Uh, nothing right now, but just to make sure that we have an idea so that when the truck does arrive, if, if need be, we've got it on hand and identified, ready to load up so we don't waste time getting the pieces together. Right. Well, there were a couple of boxes back there, so let me go back and check. And uh, you uh, folks, uh, boys, take them up to their rooms, get you all situated, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll come up and talk to you once uh, I find out. And what time is it right now? 9 a.m. So he goes off into the back. Nothing like 12 hours on a train through the Midwest Ugh. to make me want to drink coffee and wonder why they didn't pick us up. It's not like they don't publish train schedule. Yeah, it's uh. Uh, I feel like I, I need to stretch my legs. It's been too long cooped up and, and, and on that train, too many hours. Um, so once uh, Cooper Smith has got his, uh, his room situated, um, I'm actually going to go and just, uh, I'm going to stroll the town. It's not that big of a town. I, I think I might just kind of take a, take a leisurely walk around the main uh, quad that, that, uh, you know, the road that goes around the uh, West Haven Congregational Church. Um, I'll go in like a counterclockwise uh, rotation. So I'm passing by uh, the doctor's house first and then turn by uh, Harold's garage and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, it is indeed not a, a big town. You can walk around the church in about five minutes. So, so uh, Dr. Cooper Smith, uh, if you're going to make a round of the town, uh, maybe do stop in at the uh, doctor's house and see what uh, he knows of the uh, injured student. They must be talking about Henry Bates. Sure, sure, I can do that. Hopefully he didn't fall down the hill like I did. Uh, now Henry's a tough one. He'll be fine. He'll be all good, knowing Henry. All right. The rest of you. Uh, I will go to my room, check it out, and then I'm going to go to the diner and get a cup of coffee and something the, to eat. The rooms of all the place are very similar. Uh, they're very um, country-esque. The, uh, the beds are soft. The, uh, the blankets and so forth are old-fashioned, probably hand-sewn things that Mary has either acquired or made herself. Um, the, the trappings of each room is very country and very pleasant, um, soft and white and cream colored and clean. Mm. Uh, do a spot hidden only for the sake of just doing it. <laughs> Those of you who are in the hotel, I mean. The, the sake of curiosity. Uh, yes, made it. 49. Um, you happen, uh, those of you who passed, you noticed the maid. Uh, looks like a teenage girl, maybe in her late teens. Um, uh, she's not really dressed in what you would call a uniform. The boys downstairs weren't really in serious uniforms. This is not a fancy place. Um, but she's got a, an apron on, and she's just coming out of a room that she's dusted. It, it doesn't look like she doesn't have a big card or anything. She just has a duster. Got to keep the empty rooms clean. 
so I, I want to go up to to her and ask her what she knows about if there's anything interesting about this town. Any good sites to see here? You know, does she live here? That kind of a thing. Okay. Um, she's like, excuse me, sir. What can I do for you? Yes, uh, I was just curious to know, are there really um, interesting sites to see in this town? Um, can you point out anything that's actually, you know, quite fascinating, fascinating landmarks uh, around here? In, in this town, <laughs> nothing. There's just forests all around us. And, uh, and uh, you know, there's a couple of pretty mountains in the distance, but not much here. Sometimes, you know, we have a church social. But other than that, nothing. Hmm. Is there anything I can get for you, sir? Uh, not really. I'm 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 an archaeologist, and I'm kind of you know I'm here with all you know my mates here, and and just looking for um, one of the best. What do you recommend? What do you recommend here in town? Well, uh, the food the meet. food over at Hungry Jack's is pretty good. Yeah. Is there any other places here to eat? No, that's it. Well, that's you can it. sometimes get Mary to cook something for you if you want something like eggs and bacon in the morning. Okay. Well, that, that, that's all. Uh, I'll let you know if I have anything else, but thank you. You've been really kind. Mm -hmm. And she goes about her business. Um, I will head over to Hungry Jacks, obviously, as I said once. So. Okay. So, so you're heading over to Hungry Jacks? Way. Yeah. Um, Clyde has uh, checked into his room and he's, uh, I, I'm assuming the boys brought the uh, luggage in, so yes. he's doing a little unpacking. But at the same time, he's uh, looking at the uh, any paintings, pictures on the wall to see if maybe uh, Mary herself might have painted some of these of the local surrounding or if they're just store-bought knickknacks hanging up. They all look like things that were purchased um, possibly when they went to Minneapolis last year. They're just cottages and flowers and sailing ships and very generic sort of things. Okay. Well, Clive was a little disappointed. He was hoping as a painter to see a little bit of the uh, hometown uh, life depicted here or maybe something historical out and about the area itself. So uh, after unpacking, he'll go back to the desk to see uh, if, uh, and I didn't catch the uh, clerk's name at the desk. Uh, Jonathan Penman. Jonathan. See if he's returned with information about what's in storage. All right. Uh, he's there uh, fiddling with something. Uh, I don't really see offhand anything that looks like, uh, tents or anything like that. Um, I hope, uh, I hope the doc, the, the doctor has considered that. Uh, he, uh, was very excited when he came in. Uh, and, uh, as I recall him chatting on the phone with this, I wasn't really listening, you understand. It's just kind of hard not to hear when you're in this room. Uh, I don't remember him saying anything about bringing extra places to sleep. Uh, he may have just forgotten. 
uh, how, how many folks are out there on the dig before we were called for? Well, let's see. And he grabs the, um, the sign in, uh, I forget ledger. What it's called, the ledger. And he says, we have Dr. Baker and we have, let's see, Dr. William Baker, uh, Dr. John Tucker, uh, Dr. Eugene Stewart, uh, uh, Dr. Lynch, Dr. George Lynch. Uh, we have a woman named Victoria Winters. Not sure what she does. Uh, and we had uh, three young'uns. Um, oh, Oops, sorry. Uh, we had uh, 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 David Potter. No, we had Henry Bates. We had Clara Potter and we had Mr. Martin Butcher. Uh, so it sounds like, given that they wouldn't be tenting up uh, male and female alike. No, I think the two girls go together. Yeah. Uh, and there's only eight parties. I bet there's plenty of room for five more because these are they, these are proper like camping tents right they're not they're not like two people little affairs they're to be perfectly honest i have no idea well, well i sure hope there. there's room for us or they can truck us back every night well i'll tell you what i'll do a little scrounging around and if there is a problem we will solve that for you I appreciate uh, that very uh, much, Mr. Penman. Sorry. Uh, please, uh, I understand that you have a, a general store in town, so if nothing else, at least make sure that uh, they might have some on hand in case we need, need to make that last-minute purchase. Uh, well, you can certainly check. Ma is open uh, most days, although I think she closes around 6 p.m. every evening. Well, if that's the case, maybe I'll uh, take a trip out there just to uh, check in, see what they do have, and uh, get a good feel for the area. Thank totally. you. Um, uh, anything else that I could do for you folks? Well, I'm always here, so if you need anything, you just ask. Uh, you said that the uh, Dr. Baker was here uh, most nights, and then he started camping farther and farther away. How many, how long has he been camping for a whole week? Oh, well. Is this the longest he's been away, or? I'd say, yeah, this is probably the longest. Um, last, now, now, I may be getting my numbers wrong, but I think they were at site three and that they were moving after he left here, they were going to move to site four. Hmm. And so they're farther away than they were. Now, if you don't mind, here, I'll show you something. And uh, he walks around the corner counter and he walks out uh, to the front and uh, you have to kind of walk out into the street. By the way, there's no traffic, okay? Um, 
you walk out into the street and he points back at the hotel and you can see that there are two ridges on e sort of on either side out in the distance. And he's like, that one's Penman Ridge and that one's uh, Ashenberry Ridge. And I believe they were heading out towards uh, uh, Peppercorn Ridge uh, in order to, uh, to dig there. So that's where they started in that direction. And you say that's about eight miles off. Uh, I think their first place. The Penman one. Yeah, I think that was, uh, that was a few miles out there. Um, but since then, I, I imagine they're probably at least 14 or 15 miles out now. Which is why they're not coming back every night. Uh, the general store must be having a boom, supplying them with coffee and fatback and so on. Well, I wouldn't know, but I imagine so. I would think. Hopefully, uh, Mildred will be uh, supplying them for long, uh, for however long this whole thing takes. That, that's Ma, by the way. Everybody calls her Ma, but it's Mildred is her actual name. Mildred Peters. Mildred Peters. Well, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to head over to the library. Do you know who is the main person that I should be talking to when I get over there? Are you guys getting all of the characters? That's fine. The librarian. That would be Edna Miller. Edna Miller. Um, it's not much of a library, just a little old place where the kids can get books to read. The uh, the West Haven Free Library. Mm -hmm. What time is it close? Oh, I'm not quite sure. I haven't been to the library in years. Okay. I'm impressed that town this size has a library. Well, I think it's probably a collection of books that uh, that somebody donated over the years. And uh, uh, very good. Well, don't get me. I think it's real public spirited that you do. Well, there's not much else to do in this town. Uh, and so it's uh, what I, I what I read was that it's mostly uh, uh, logging lumber. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there a, is there a, a depot by the train for that? Uh, no, actually, they uh, they send that all out on the uh, Pascatoni River. Mm. Improv. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to put that in. <laughs> uh, well, folks, you enjoy yourselves. If you need anything, uh, you can talk to either me or my wife, Mary. Or uh, one of the, grab one of the boys. If we're out wandering and, and, the, and the truck comes, is there... Uh... How how would we hear about it? I mean, I, I might see it across town, but there's no bell to ring or anything. Um, we'll honk the horn. Uh, you, anywhere in the town, you're going to hear us honking the horn. That Speaking makes sense. I'd which, love to. Yeah. Speaking of which, you folks are from the big city, and I don't know how you handle things in the big city. 
but I doubt seriously you handle them the way that we do. We do not have a fire department and we live in the woods. So what we have is a volunteer fire department, uh, which is composed of most of the able-bodied men in the town, including myself. Every day, and this is what I wanted to warn you about, every day at precisely noon, um, hmm, names. Hmm. Where is his name? The owner of Hungry Jacks has a uh, tornado, a tornado warning siren in the back of his place. And every day at precisely noon, he blasts that thing, one big long blast, to let all of the people in the surrounding area know that it's lunchtime. So if you hear that, it ain't no air raid. We're not going to be bombed by the Germans. So don't you worry about that. Now, if he rings it three times, we got a fire somewhere. And everybody drops everything that they're doing and comes running to help. They run to the diner. So if you suddenly see a whole bunch of people in town running to the diner, that's why there's a fire. Does the church not have a bell? Oh, the church does have a bell, but they don't ring it except on Sundays. And uh, by the way, he doesn't ring the siren on Sundays. Hmm. Unless there's a fire. Unless there's a fire. And that's the way our town, little town works here. Well, it's, it seems like a, a, a charming little town, and I'm, I'm glad you're such a hospitable fella. It is my pleasure. I'm going to go and wander around uh, and take pictures of your scenic locales. Okay. All right, so let's jump over to Dr. Coopersmith who's walking about town. Uh, you said you're going to head over to Dr. Weiss's office? Yes. Uh, head, walk down the street, just kind of uh, checking out, uh, looking at the graveyard and, you know, seeing the, you know, my assumption is that there's uh, beautiful trees and, uh, you know, and it's very scenic. Uh, and as I get to the uh, doctor's office, I'll go up to the uh, stoop and um, knock on the door. All right. Well, the door, you can open the door. Uh, it's, it's set up to look exactly like an office, and there's office hours posted. Um, when you step through, you can see uh, there is a nurse uh, who is attending to someone, but she immediately comes out into the reception area. Uh, and you can hear somebody in the back room going, uh, God damn it, Doc, that really hurts. And, and he's like, now just settle down. You settle down so I can give you this shot. And that sort of stuff going in the back. Uh, she says, yeah, can I help you? Uh, hi, uh, my name is uh, uh, Jim. And um, we just came into town. We're actually, uh, uh, my, my companions and I are joining uh, Dr. Baker and the, uh, the group of, uh, of uh, paleontologists who are uh, taking part in that dig outside of town. But I had heard that one of the, uh, one of the students, I believe it was one of the students was injured. And I just thought, since we haven't had an opportunity to, to see Baker, um, I thought I would just quickly pop in and find out if there was anything uh, serious. Is, is, is there a, is there a wildlife 
was it a wildlife attack or is there anything that that we should be concerned about out there well, and, and and how's the student uh if, if there's something you can, can um, tell me the doctor would doesn't want me talking about any of the patients that he's had however i can get the doctor for you um it should just be a couple of minutes uh he's taking care of old uh old bert campbell back there he uh twisted his arm over at the the sawmill Oh well, I, I can, I, I can appreciate the uh, the urgency. Then I, I I'm sure I can wait for a couple of minutes, All right. and I'll just kind of stroll around the room, uh, kind of pacing around the room and kind of looking at little knickknack things here and there, and and uh, seeing what whatever. Seems there is like to a very pleasant, very pleasant little country doctor's office. It's also his home. You can see that this is like. You walk through the door, and on this side, it's the office, and on that side, it's the, the hallway leading into bedrooms and other parts of the, the house. Um, after just a couple of minutes, uh, you see a big fella um, with flannel uh, come out, and he's, he's holding his arm. He's got a, a little sling, and uh, you can see that he's got some serious contusions on his arm, which probably for the sake of tetanus, and I don't know if they had tetanus shots, but we'll say they had tetanus shots. That's why the doctor was giving him a shot. And he's like, all right, doc, I'll, I'll, I'll be careful. He says, now you, you, you don't use that arm. Don't try to be the big shot and, and keep working. You take a day off or two. He says, all right, doc. And he goes out. I was going to say, I, I make sure I open up the door for the uh, patient to leave. All right. Um, doctor says, well, um, what can I do for you? I introduce myself. Uh, hello, uh, my name's uh, Jim Coopersmith, doc, Dr. Coopersmith. I'm uh, from the university and uh, uh, I'm a colleague of Dr. Baker's who's uh, out on that dig. Uh, but I had just heard that uh, one of the students was injured and uh, I thought I would just check in and make sure that it wasn't too serious or see if there was any uh, anything that we should be uh, uh, aware of or be on the, the lookout for. Maybe it was a snake bite or something. I, I don't really know what the nature of the injury no, nothing, was. No, nothing that bad. Um, uh, Dr. Dr. Ba I met Dr. Baker a couple of times when he came into town, had lunch with him one day, uh, but it was actually Dr. Uh, Tucker. Dr. Tucker? Sorry. Yes, Dr. Dr. John Tucker. It was Dr. Tucker who brought the boy in, Henry was his name, I believe. Um, uh, it, was, it was kind of odd. Uh, he had what at first looked like uh, second degree burns on his upper left thigh, on the outside of his upper left thigh. Uh, an area, oh, I'd say, you know, about the size of a large potato. And, uh, <clears throat> The more I examined it, the more I told him. I, I was really kind of wondering. I asked him what had happened. He says he wasn't right sure. Right, sure, he fell asleep that night and woke up in the morning with uh, with what felt more like a numbness than a pain. And uh, when he was washing up, he saw that his leg had been what looked like seriously burned. I think that it looked more like frostbite, if you ask me. But there's nothing that cold right now. Hmm. So a bit of a it mystery. Very, uh, very queer. In any case, I suppose there's still some snow out there somewhere, but 
Uh, I don't think they're anywhere near the snow. It's not quite cold enough yet this year to get some snow. Very unusual. Well, it, that does uh, that that does seem uh, rather strange and and isolated, and certainly not something that uh, we would need to be uh, concerned about or need to take any special precautions. As I no, I I, 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 I treated him for you know make sure it was disinfected and. He didn't seem to have much pain, said it itched a little, but uh, it definitely wasn't tissue damage like a third degree burn. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, well, I, I appreciate your time. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Oh, it's all right. You didn't interrupt me. I get people in here all the time, uh, mostly loggers. You, uh, didn't happen to hear them mention exactly where their dig site is, did you? No, I'm not even sure which direction their dig site's in. Okay, just wondering. We're kind of uh, kind of waiting on them to to return. So, but uh, yeah, I'm just uh, enjoying the uh, the sights of West Haven. So, well, welcome to West Haven. If any of your people have any problems, I'm the person to come to. You'll be first one called. Thank you so much. Have a nice day. Thank you. Give that man a sucker. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Cooper Smith will uh, leave, and then uh, he's going to continue his stroll. And as he uh, as he begins to pass by Harold's garage, he's going to duck in towards uh, Harold's garage as well. Okay. Um, you can hear noise. Uh, you can see uh, a truck uh, that's been rolled up uh, onto a, a small lift, and there's a pit underneath it where you're hearing clanking and stuff coming on. The truck's not in great shape. Looks like it's been really used. Mm. Um, but she doesn't notice you if he's under there clanking on stuff. Uh, so I, I, I would like to approach and I'll squat down to where I can see under the vehicle and see to in, into the pit underneath. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll like uh, wrap my knuckles on the uh, fender of the, of the truck and, uh, and call out, uh, hello, sir. All right. Well, you can see he's working on something. And as soon as you do that, he like jumps like he thinks everything is going to come crashing down on him. And then he's like, oh. I didn't see you there. What can I do for you? Oh, Everybody nice. in this town has exactly the same accent. Of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I apologize. I, oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to startle you there. I hope, uh, hope you didn't hurt yourself. Oh, uh, no, no. Oh, what can I do for you? You got some, got something you need worked on? Uh, no, actually I was, uh, wondering, I was kind of curious, uh, maybe this is, uh, an unusual request, but, I didn't know if maybe you might have any uh, any vehicles that uh, you could uh, lease. Uh, anything that I might be able to, to uh, borrow for a few days to, to drive around. I then introduce myself and say how we're uh, me and my companions are here to uh, meet up with Dr. Baker and the uh, the dig and and just wondering if um, well, maybe that... there might be a vehicle available for rent. Uh, he starts to climb out from the pit and he's like can't say that I think if anybody, Leon, Leon Truss, 
uh, he lent a, a truck to uh, Dr. Baker and his team. They've been using it. That was in a pretty good shape. And then uh, I think somebody else across town lent him a car, but it's not that kind of town. We don't really have extra cars. These are all working vehicles and people need them to work. Um, you might be able to get somebody to drive you somewhere if you need to, but either that, do you know how to ride a horse? Uh, well, uh, can't say that I do. Well, there's, there is a livery stable across town. Uh, riding a horse is easy. I mean, you've never ridden a horse. That's just amazing. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I can check around, but I don't, can't, can't envision much luck in that, that direction. Uh, and you an old... Go ahead. You wouldn't happen to know what direction the uh, Dr. Baker and his uh, team are digging, do you? I have no idea. Um, I, did, I haven't really interacted with them folks. Uh, I heard them talking about them over at the, the diner a couple of days. But uh, that's that's about it. Um, sorry. I appreciate your time. So what next? <laughs> Wait, well, let's go back to everybody else and see. Sure, sure. Uh, uh, Byron, what are you doing? Well, I went, well, while they were having their conversation, I went to Hungry Jack's. You went to the diner. Okay. Yeah. Looks like the diner, when you go inside, will seat only about 20 people. Uh, what time is it? It is uh, like 9.30, nine, nine, let's say almost 10 o'clock. Um, the place is dead. There's maybe one person sitting at the counter drinking some coffee and having a piece of pie. Uh, there's a waitress behind the, the counter cleaning and uh, you can see there's somebody through the, the hole in the, in the kitchen uh, who's uh, doesn't look like he's maybe he's making soup or something. Uh, so you can hear him chopping vegetables. Uh, welcome, welcome. Please ha have a seat anywhere you like. Uh, hello, I kind of just walk up to the counter. I take a seat at the counter. I have a seat. What can I get for you? Uh, I just want a strong coffee, miss. You got it. You like cream and sugar? Do you like it black? Uh, just black, thank you. There you go. Uh, got I haven't seen you around here before. Yeah, I just got in. Uh, sent by the university. You've probably seen some of the folks around. Oh, yeah, quite a few people. I I'm going to be honest. I don't really want to be here, but, you know. That's what do you got to do, I guess. Anyway, what's your name, miss? I didn't catch you. I was just looking that up. <laughs> uh, Nina. Uh, Nina. Oh. Nina something. What does she look like? Cause She's a pretty little thing. Okay. Uh, uh, probably in her 30s, though. Uh, Nina's a, a nice name for a pretty young thing. You better be careful. My husband's the, the cook. <laughs> I, I can't. I just, I just wink at her. 
you don't look like you're much out of diapers yet. Uh, uh, who, uh, what's your name and who are you? Oh, Byron Phillips. Um, I'm a student at the university, biology. University literature. student. Oh, well. Yeah. So you're with Dr. Baker and his team. But well, I haven't I seen you in here yet eating. Uh, Supposedly, and, well, we just arrived. I see. So you're the new folks. Yeah. Yeah. Feels weird being back in a small town, though. Haven't been back since before I started at the university. Ah, you came from a small town, too. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen Dr. Baker in a week or so, but, uh, you know, he was coming in pretty regular when they first arrived. Uh, did you notice anything odd about them at all? Odd? No. I mean, I suppose everybody's a little odd you know, from they're from the city and they come out <laughs> to the country. But uh, no, doctor was uh, Dr. Baker was a very nice man. Yeah, well, I guess. He and, he and his, uh, his comrades, I suppose some of them were nice to the others. That Tucker feller was uh, thought that he was hilarious. like to go on and on telling funny little jokes. Uh, God damn it. Uh, a couple um, of the other ones were a little bit more dour, but, uh, uh, you know, I never grew did you uh, know that one of them got injured? I heard that one of them got injured. I, I didn't hear anything about that. No. Okay. I just, this small place, diner, you thought you might know anything? You got any gossip? I, I love a bit of gossip. Well, everybody in town knows everybody in town. Yeah. And pretty much nobody can have any business other than what everybody knows. So it's just like any normal small town. If you do something, everyone knows about it. Pretty much. But, you know, we like it that way. Everybody watches out for everybody else. Yeah. Um, actually, I'd like a slice of pie as well. That's Would you right. like cherry, strawberry, or peach? Ah, I'll take cherry. Good old cherry pie. Cherry pie. Yeah. So he gets, she gets you a slice of cherry pie. Uh, Professor uh, Clive, what are you up to? Uh, he had walked off to the general store. Okay. So you head over to the general store. In just a second. Why have I missed this? Operated by Ma Mildred Peters. Yeah. <laughs> just a moment. I file that seems to be missing. There she go. Oh, there it is. Okay, let's see. Ma. Uh, huh, uh, the, uh, the, the rest, the restaurant, uh, is, uh, Carl and Nina Clearwater. So that's the name that you get there. All right. So you, you walk up to, uh, uh, it looks like a slightly older building. 
uh, needs a little bit of a paint job on the outside. There are, there's a lot of signage um, that Ma has attached to the outside of the building. Um, there is a large pickle barrel on the porch and uh, there is an old, oh, they have a freezer. Maybe, maybe not, I'll have to research that. Um, uh, anyways, you walk inside and you can see it's pretty much a general store with a lot of uh, goods on shelves, uh, goods on the walls around and then central shelves down the middle. Uh, you can see that Mildred is behind a counter, you assume it's Mildred. Uh, she's an older woman and uh, in front of her is uh, a, a younger woman looking rather proper uh, in that she's, you know, got her hair up. Uh, and they seem to be having a little bit of an argument as you walk in. If you'd like to do a, a, a listen roll, see if you hear what she's saying. I uh, try not to eavesdrop, but uh, I can't help. But, it's a small uh, room. Yeah. Overhear something and uh, no, I, I can't. Okay. So as you walk in, um, a little bell rings on the door, and uh, immediately the woman sort of hushes up, and uh, Mildred, the ma, uh, says, Oh, uh, can I help you? Uh, excuse me, I hope I wasn't uh, interrupting anything. Oh, uh, don't worry. Uh, I'm just here, uh, another member of the uh, dig team. Uh, I understand uh, Dr. Baker uh, has a account open with you, maybe, regarding uh, supplies and uh, goods for their uh, campsite. Yeah, he's been coming in uh, on a regular basis to pick up supplies for their, for their camp. Um, uh, what can I do for you? I just wanted to know uh, when his uh, last purchase order was. Uh, just get an idea. Do you, do you happen to have an inventory of uh, what he's been uh, asking for? Oh, I can remember some of the items. Uh, he was in here last Saturday, maybe. Um, he ordered, uh, he didn't order. Uh, he got, you know, the usuals, uh, eggs and, uh, and things like that. When she says eggs, um, the other woman says, did you give him some of the rotten ones? And she's like, just hush up. That was just an accident. It was just something that happens sometimes. She says, uh, she got eggs and they got, uh, they got some coffee so they could make coffee out where they are. And they got some dried meat and, um, Ooh, beans, um, usual sort of stuff that you'd have, uh, out camping. Nothing too perishable. Well, I'm a, I've got another team that uh, just arrived into town, and uh, we were expecting uh, the doctor or at least one of the current members of the team out there to have been in this morning. Uh, when they came in last week, about what time did he show up at, the, at your store? Uh, he and, and uh, that other fellow, the tall one, and... Uh, uh, one of the boys came in, oh, I'd say around uh, 9 a.m. or so. Uh, I don't really recall exactly the time. It was in the morning. And uh, and they got some stuff to take with them out, out there. Has all of their shopping been uh, in the morning? 
Well, just, no. When they first arrived, they were here a lot more often. But then they right. were they weren't they weren't shopping so much then because they were eating at the diner. So they've only made one trip here since they've uh, actually been camping on site. Two, two, maybe three. Okay. Well, I was hoping that uh, they would have already been in town to uh, greet us, but uh, knowing well, that I'm it's sure, been a, I'm sure they're going to be running out of stuff really soon. And that's my point that uh, it, I, we were expecting them today. So uh, hopefully you have uh, can maybe work up the same kind of uh, order, uh, and uh, maybe uh, I can be around to pick it up. We're, we're waiting on a, uh, a car horn to signal when they actually arrive. But uh, if we can have everything lined up so that uh, we're not slowed down, we we kind of in a hurry to get out there to the site. Well, I can I can certainly put together more or less the same stuff that we did last week, um, and uh, you can make any final choices when you come back. I certainly can do that. Okay, and uh, you, given the fact that uh, there's another five of us, if you probably almost double that order, it's a um, lot of people. Yeah, we it is a big team out there, which makes me uh, concerned whether or not they. Uh, provided for us with uh, tents and facilities there. Did they happen to purchase anything from you regarding tent supplies or other type of hardware equipment? No, nothing like that. Um, if they had anything like that, they brought it with them. <coughs> I can probably get something like that, but it's going to take a, a week or two. Oh, well, I can only hope then that uh, they uh, have enough there. Usually when we do these digs, we do have fairly large tents, but at the same time, when we do these digs, we don't usually have that many people on site. So I just want to make certain that my uh, team is uh, well provisioned. Um, again, uh, I, hopefully they're going to arrive within the hour, but I just wanted to give you a heads up uh, regarding our needs and uh, we'll just uh, put it on uh, Dr. Baker's order. You've got a, a, a charge card being built up? Um, he's just got a running tab. Okay. He said the university ultimately is going to pay for everything. So, Right, right. That's normally how we do business. So uh, uh, I do appreciate your time, and I, I hope I didn't interrupt anything. Uh, you've got a lovely town here. Uh, since I'm here, there, uh, I'm about to head across to the diner. I hope they don't close up for breakfast too soon, but uh, anything you can uh, recommend? Uh, no, that's about the best place to eat. Okay. Um, the, the other woman, do a psychology role. Nope. Okay. Well, even without a psychology role, you can tell that she's a little, I don't know if you'd, you'd call it uptight or pissed. Um, you did definitely got the impression that she was having an argument with Ma, uh, which you've interrupted, and she looks like she's maybe anxious to get back to that, um, <laughs> that, that, uh, our argument. So um, seeing seeing her angst at me being here and and ready for me to leave, what's the um, 
uh, body language that I'm getting from uh, Mildred. Is she also wanting me to leave or is she no. ready the moment? Yeah, she's probably dreading the moment more than anything else. Okay. Um, you, you get very much the, 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 the idea that, that this is a disgruntled customer. Okay. So I'm going to uh, kind of hang around and continue the conversation just for a few more minutes. But uh, I first uh, uh, take the opportunity to the, turn to the other woman and uh, apologize to her. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your conversation, but I, I hope you understand uh, we were kind of expecting the doctor to already be here. And uh, I don't mean to interrupt uh, your activities. So if you can please bear with me just a few more minutes, ma'am. Well, she's like, oh no, please, please continue. Um, you're, you're with that Dr. Baker fellow. Yes, uh, he's the uh, lead uh, doctor from our university and uh, he's, he's called uh, another portion of our team out for the site. Um, Did he discover something out there? He came in the other day saying something about putting West Haven on the map. Oh, well, I, I know that uh, he came here excited with uh, some uh, bones that uh, he had found. And so I'm, I'm hoping from what you're saying that uh, he has found evidence he's looking for. So if that's the case, uh, then yes, so, indeed. Your town so is that, is that what you folks do? You look for old bones? Well, we do, but the ones that are in the ground, ma'am. Not, not the. Uh, but, uh, uh, but what good are they? Oh, we use them to to kind of tell us a little bit of uh, how we, as the human race, came to be. Uh, kind of get a good feel for uh, how uh, life has progressed through the eons, through through the years. Uh, gives us a good idea of uh, researching a little bit of our own. Uh, immunity system. Uh, so the, the more we can learn about the past, the better we can prepare for the future. Well, I didn't really understand anything that you said, but uh, I guess if they're important to you, they're important to the world. We look at it that way too. So uh, thanks again. Uh, and uh, Mrs. Uh, Peters? Or do you prefer that's, Mildred? That, well, Mildred. She's she's the Mildred. other one. She's like, yeah, that's, that's me. I'm talking to. She can call me Ma. Everybody calls me Ma. Ma, okay. Well. And uh, and the other woman says, uh, uh, Peggy Fleming. Peggy. Oh, I'm glad to meet you. I'm I'm sure I'll meet you uh, some more. Um, I consider well, the fact that the team has been out on site for over a week. Uh, I, I I do hope we get back in town, a chance to meet more of the uh, town folk. Well, just make sure that Mildred gets you fresh things. And Mildred just immediately pipes up. She says, I'm telling you, Peggy, those eggs came in fresh Friday morning. Uh, are you sure you didn't mix them up with your own older eggs? She says, no, I didn't mix them up. They were rotten. And, and Mildred just sort of sighs. She's like, uh, we must have gotten a bad batch. Of course, I'll replace anything that you need. She's like, fine. I, uh, well, again, Mildred, uh, uh, let me go ahead and uh, say goodbyes. And uh, I'm sure you'll have everything in order for us when the time arises. Uh, sure. But again, thank you for your time. 
Have a nice day. Come again. Thank you. It was good to meet you. And with that, uh, I walk out to go across the street to the diner. Okay. Uh, Harold Rathmore, Dr. Harold Rathmore, what are you up to? I am heading over to the library. Oh, that's right. All over. right. Um, you head over to the library. I'm going to go speak with Edna Miller. Edna Miller. All right. Do I, um, as soon as I get in the library, do I notice anything? Is it just a regular little library? Is there nothing peculiar about it? Or it's a fairly small library. Um, it's got like a couple of rooms. It looks like it was an old house that was kind of semi-gutted and just turned into a library. Um, you're pretty sure there is living space up above. Um, and uh, uh, Edna, uh, when you walk in the door, uh, there is no bell, obviously. Uh, the place is empty on a Saturday. And uh, Edna, an older woman, uh, is sitting behind a uh, desk. Uh, and it looks like she's knitting something. As you walk in, she actually is startled that somebody has actually walked into the library. And she's like, oh. And she just looks over at you and smiles a big beaming smile. Well, hello there. My name is uh, sure, Harold Rathmore. I'm actually here with the... Oh, sorry. I look, and I look around. There's nobody in the library. And I said, okay. Uh, I wanted to find out a little bit more about the history of the town. And I was wondering if you have any books or any literature, especially of recent events. I'm not sure if you're aware, but uh, our colleagues, Dr. Baker and associates have been here. And I'm just curious to find a little bit more history about uh, New Haven. I mean, West Haven. West Haven, sorry. Oh, I knew I should have put West Haven's founding, founding and all that stuff in here. Um, well, let's just say that she gives you uh, a rather pleased uh, pleased to finally tell somebody the history of West Haven's story, and it's pretty much boring. Um, it was a very small logging town when it was founded, and then they said they were going to bring in the railroad, and as soon as they did, people started building things like the Penman Hotel um, and the diner and things like that, and it never really amounted to just because the, there's a train stop doesn't mean that it turns into a big town. Um, other than that, there's been some, uh, originally there was a little bit of contention with the Indian tribes, the Lakota tribe, uh, the Tri-Lakes uh, reservation uh, is just to the, uh, the east, um, sort of the northeast of the town. Uh, not immediately, but it's out there. And, um, but for the most part, they, they get along just fine with uh, tribe, tribal members if they come into town. Is there any, uh, has there been any interesting happenings of late or any news uh, here at West Haven? I figured you'd probably know, you'd probably be the first person that would actually know. But well, I think she, interesting that happens here. She, she 
at, at, for some reason, she hasn't really asked you about who you are yet. And she says, oh, well, recently, um, a paleontologist from Cincinnati came to town and uh, he's been digging around up in the, the hills and says that he's found something. He's going to put our town on the map. By the way, who are you? <laughs> so I, uh, I said, well, my name is uh, Dr. Rathmore. And uh, I'm here kind of chasing up that exhibition, uh, the expedition, actually. And uh, can you talk a little bit more? Can you say a little bit more about what uh, did he did this gentleman say anything about what putting them, putting West Haven on the map means? Well, I think that he's out there looking for uh, dinosaur bones. Um, maybe he found some. He didn't, you know, tell me directly. I hear this through the grapevine. But, you know, if he found something really important, then that would certainly bring more people to town. Um, but really, the history of our town can go... Oh, this has been Lakota territory for the last 14,000 years. And uh, digging around, you can find old uh, arrowheads and spearheads and things like that practically everywhere. How's the relationship with Lakota tribe now? It's fairly good. Of course, you know, there were the Indian Wars that happened uh, back in the mid-1800s, Custer and all that. Um, that wasn't right here, but uh, you know the 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 white man and the oh I'm going to say it because they would say it. the white man and the red man have not always been you know on very good terms with one another mainly because of what we did, but they're okay now. They stay and on the said, reservation. And you said the reservation was how far away from here? Oh, not well. I mean, they sometimes come into town. Um, it's uh, everything to the uh, everything to the right of Peppercorn Ridge uh, is uh, reservation territory. I see. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, any any uh, interesting gossip about this town that you'd care to share with me? Well, I think the Dr. Baker team is probably the most exciting thing that's happened here in 10 years. Um, other than that, you know, long before, long before the logging, um, there were attempts at mining. Um, uh, I think, uh, the, you know, uh, before 1861, um, this was all, uh, uh, Lakota. They call themselves Lakota, but we call them Sioux, the Sioux Indians. Um, that's a French word, you know. Um, before I know it was their territory, but uh, <coughs> it, was, uh, it was, I don't know if you'd call it purchased. Uh, it was taken or per it was, it was an agreeable uh, uh, agreement between the Lakota and the United States, but that's when the United States sort of took over the territory. It was the Dakota Territory. Uh, it was established by the U.S. government, and it included North and South Dakota, parts of Wyoming, Montana. And then uh, uh, there were, um, you know, there was some logging. There was some fur trapping. There was some mining that went on, uh, both legally and illegally. And um, 
eventually it became a state in uh, 1889. And uh, West Haven was uh, established sometime right after then. <coughs> so it's not a terribly old town. It's not an old town like people like places in, in the East. Interesting. And um, dinosaur bones, you say, huh? Is there a lot of history of dinosaur or, or kind of any types of excavations or things like that? Um, not in this territory, no. I mean, there are sometimes people who um, find things, you know, that just kids find things in their backyards in this, this part of the country. And I, I take a, at this point, I take a glance over, I look around. Is there like a lot of books here or just, what's the makeup of it? Um, there's, there's, they're not like Dewey Decimal. There's not even enough to put in Dewey Decimal. There's books that are arranged probably more in her head. If you needed to find something, she'd kind of know where it was. But you can see that a lot of it is, um, a lot of it is just reference material. There's an encyclopedia. There's um, a lot of literature books, uh, but they're just the common sort of things that you'd find. Um, Tom Sawyer, all, all early all early American and English literature and stuff like that. Uh, probably not a thing in the place in a foreign language. Mm -hmm. Maybe in French, maybe one or two things in French, but that's that would be kind of odd. Um, is there anything, if I look around, is there anything that I could see that might be interesting about the place well do a spot hidden for me uh let me see yes barely okay yeah there's nothing <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go okay well i tell her thank you uh thank you very much for uh regaling me about your town and I'm sure I'll probably see you around and uh, I think a Hungry Jack is the best place to get food is that correct? It's pretty much the only place. All right okay well thank you for your time if you have All any right. questions I'll be sure to come back and I'll leave you to your knitting. All right which I don't know what she's knitting but she's knitting something like a sweater. Um, Marcus what are you up to? Uh, assuming that I got coffee and a roll at the hotel. You, okay. As was requested. Yes, um, you did. Uh, you know, I'm taking a stroll. I uh, got a, a surprisingly decent stipend from the department for film. So I can, because this, because this whole Dr. Baker thing was such a big deal. Um, so I've, you know, I'm wandering town, I'm taking arty photographs, I'm looking at the names in the graveyard, who settled here and when. Um, I assume the answers are like 1860s and right. Northern Europeans. Right, nothing more or less, nothing beyond uh, 1860, or nothing earlier than 1860. Uh, and, uh, as I'm photographing the countryside, does anything strike me? Not really. There's, there are spots of it that are lush. There are spots of it that you can see go off in the fields. 
Um, now, it's fairly hilly, right? And the two ridges are pointed out to us at the hotel. Right. Uh, and it's, um, uh, it's fairly flat right where you are. And you can see dotted throughout the tree line around. You can see houses and things like that. You can see, um, uh, like I see, it's not really cold. Uh, it's, it's kind of pleasant out. But you can still see the smoke from uh, fireplaces, you know, going up. And there's well, kind people of are a, really cooking right, right on their cook stoves, and at this point, and there's kind of a, a brown gray layer, uh, if you will, when you look. You can't really see it if you look straight up because you're looking through it. But if you look towards the edge, you can sort of see there's like a little cloud that hangs over the town. But that's not unusual because it's everybody's smoke from their fireplaces just sort of hanging in the air at a certain level. <laughs> it's actually quite quaint. Yeah, and I'm from a fancy city like Cincinnati, so. Yeah, it's very quiet. You do hear a lot of animal noises. You hear birds, you hear squirrels doing their strange laughter sort of sounding chittering that... Uh, Chasing each other around. Yeah, chasing each other around in the trees and things like that. And you see the occasional truck or so go by, uh, usually hauling stuff, uh, hauling lumber, um, things like that. But other than that, there's not really any what you'd call, there's like no fancy city cars, automobiles, or anything like that. Yeah. Um, oh, I should, no... I should say that there is a gas pump in front of the general store. That would actually make sense. I didn't put it sense. on the map, but it would make sense. It does. And I was, uh, and, and in that regard, and in play test mode in particular, I'm trying to just, again, like either there's a river junction and then, then some piers, or there's a train station for the lumber. Like it's got to yeah. have I didn't really think of it, but it actually would make a lot more sense if there was a, a mill and a lumber station on the map. So I'll, yeah. I'll probably we can just put, put those in, in somewhere. Um, and if we came on train, it's probably not a river junction. It's probably a train lumber right. thing, just, just for the sake of saking it. Um, So, uh, having had only coffee and rolls, mm -hmm. and not having heard the horn blow by 11.30 or something, I'm going to yeah. be very peckish and very concerned about where Baker and company are. And I'm yeah. going to sort of try to get, you know, if people are still at the diner, I'll pull them in. Anybody I can find that came in on the train with me, I'm going to say, right, they should we'll really pick us up. We'll, we'll say that you're all conglomerating at the diner. Mm -hmm. And, and the how long? The, the portions at the diner are big. They're lumberjack portions, so. But, you know, if we don't, if nobody comes for us, I mean, they know when we were getting on the train. Well, they actually probably didn't. Was that telephoned or telegraphed? It was telephoned. But it was telephoned last Saturday 
and you weren't and even, been away. You weren't even told probably until Monday. Right. And then you right. guys had to get everything together and decide when you could leave school. And it wasn't until the next Friday night. You left on a Friday night. Do you, and this is also, sorry, this is also playtest mode sort of stuff, perhaps. Would we have been told to bring tents and sleeping bags and lanterns? He didn't, he didn't tell you anything like that. Okay. Uh, you would bring your, you would bring the equipment that you would be associated with your thing. Mm -hmm. You thought you were staying in the hotel. Right. That was your impression. That's where you told, were told that Dr. Baker was staying. That's where we were sent to go. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, you wouldn't have been told about tents or anything like that. So around noon. Yeah, at noon, uh, the lumberjack, cry, the, the big horn goes off and it sounds like what you'd think, an air raid siren. And then the, the lumberjack, about five minutes later, the lumberjack crowd comes in and the whole restaurant fills up. Did they come in in a bunch of trucks? Uh, yeah, they, they drive it. Some of them drive in. Some of them walk up the road. It's not that far, though, from Mel. Um, and uh, a, another young girl joins the crowd. Actually, a young girl and a young man join the, uh, the restaurant. Uh, one is a waitress and one helps uh, the guy in the back, you know, bus tables and clean and, and cook. And so there's four employees now at the restaurant working. And they're good. The food's delicious. I'm going to elbow Dr. Cooper Smith and, and say, do you think they they forgot about us or they didn't know what day we're coming or? Hard to elbow me. I'm, uh, I'm out in the town. I'm going to well, elbow whoever I can find at Hungry Jack's. This is, this is actually a while later. So you've probably wandered back to the, Oh, I did have another stop I wanted to make. Oh, where, where were you going? Uh, so. By Harold's. Harold's uh, well, uh, uh, yeah, right. Uh, if Marcus was done with his scene. Um, so, uh, you know, Jim will, you know, uh, say goodbye to, uh, 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 Harold, I guess, who's working on the card. And as he gets back out onto the little road, um, hands in his pockets and he's kind of, uh, looking left and right and considering his his intended path to continue to loop around the uh the church but as he's as he's looking back to the left and he sees the uh the west haven schoolhouse but then he he sees that other building just beyond and there's uh, there's like a little placard sign out there that kind of catches his eye so he walks uh in that direction towards the uh, school passes by it and goes over to the West Haven Community Gazette. Okay. And uh, we'll pop in there. All right. So let's see, find that section. All right, you go inside and you're immediately hit by cigarette smoke. Um, uh, you can hear what sounds like an old-fashioned printing press in the back, cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And, uh, and it's kind of noisy towards the back. And up in the front, there's a guy behind a desk with an old-fashioned typewriter. And he's, uh, he's typing away, uh, smoking a, a cigarette as he's going. And uh, he doesn't even hear you come through the door. 
uh, because he's busy typing away. Uh, so uh, he's the only person up in the front area? Uh, yeah, and the place is kind of warm. Okay. Know? Warm and smoky because of the smoke. Are there newspapers for sale or any any stacks? There are there are stacks of newspapers on the the counter, but they're not thick. They're just like oh, practically like tabloids, you know. And are these uh, weeklies, dailies? What are these? Uh, looks like they're weeklies. Okay. Um, and uh, how many back issues are available? Can, does it go back at least a month or a month and a half? Well, there's probably a stack of everything they've done for the last two years. Okay. Um, okay. Um, I'm going to, uh, do I recall about how long Baker's been working at this? Has it been a month? Uh, it, today is the 20th. He's been here since the first. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to grab the last four editions okay. um, of, of the Gazette. So I've got a month's worth there. And uh, uh, and I'll come up to the desk uh, where the typist is working and uh, rap smartly on the desk to get his attention. And he's like, hey, uh, yeah, oh, hi. Uh, uh, what can I do for you? He gets um, up. Uh, morning, uh, uh, Dr. Coopersmith. Uh, I, uh, I was wanting to pick up these newspapers and uh, ask you a question, uh, although I'm sure the answers are probably buried in here, but uh, uh, I'm from Cincinnati and uh, joining Dr. Baker and his crew as oh, they're yeah, doing yeah. their digging yeah. and didn't I'm, know I'm, if you knew where they were located. I'm, I'm Ray Lawrence. Uh, no, I have no idea where they are, but I'd sure like to interview them. Uh, that Dr. Baker said that there was something going on uh, that might put us on the map. Uh, you're a doctor too. You uh, yes, sir. Uh, you're you're also one of them uh, bone doctors. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We call it paleontology. Ah, how do you spell that? Uh, paleontology, and he spells it out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Okay. And your name was uh, Cooper Smith. Two O's. Uh, Doctor James Cooper Smith. James Cooper Smith. So, um, I've been really interested to to talk to them, but they seem very busy. Uh, what can you tell me about this dig? What do they find? I, I honestly don't know. We're, we're here to, uh, we received word that there was something exciting going on and uh, for us to come out and join the, uh, join the dig. Uh, we arrived on the train this morning, but. Oh, so you've only been here since this morning. Just arrived today. Lovely town you have, by the way, lovely town. Well, thank uh, you. Are you, you said we, are you here alone? Are you here with others? Uh, no, I have some companions, some traveling companions, and uh, we're all up at the uh, Penman. Uh, are but, they also uh, paleontologists? There, we, there's a variety of, of, uh, of disciplines being uh, represented in our, in our eclectic group, but oh. uh, we're, uh, we were supposed to meet Mr. Uh, or meet uh, Dr. Baker, but He's not, he hasn't come back into town yet to pick us up. So I was trying to be proactive, see if anybody was had any kind of insight or uh, an understanding about where they were doing their digs and seeing if I could procure any kind of transportation out. But so far, I'm coming up empty. So 
when I saw the Gazette, I thought, well, maybe there's something in the newspaper I might be able to pick up. So if you don't mind, I'd love to get these four uh, issues here. Oh, well, sure. Take them. Uh, we got more in the back. Uh, I'm uh, you ain't going to find out much in there. I mean, we did write up a couple of articles uh, just on what we could find out, but we'd sure like to know more. Uh, oh, we'd, sure. We'd be glad to. Other than that, you know, uh, uh, old uh, uh, Farmer Mike uh, had a, a, a foal born uh, to his, uh, and he gives you a long stream of absolutely boring small town. I'll be sure to fish another quarter out of my pocket, assuming that these are nickel papers, and plunk that on his desk and say, keep the change, my friend, and I'll, I'll back out as he's talking and wave, at the, wave the papers and say, uh, thanks for the info. And, and All right, well, if, if I can find you over there at the panel, would you guys be willing to, uh, to give me an interview? Uh, well, why don't you catch us uh, after we actually have something worthwhile to, to say. We, we, we don't know anything just yet, but uh, be sure to, to keep, a, keep a lookout. We'll, we'll come find you. Okay, well, you know, you knew Dr. Baker at, at the university, right? So there is still a lot you could tell me. I'd, I'd love to. Well, I, I, I need to uh, get with our companions because I think we're going to be hopefully uh, heading out here soon. But uh, thank you so much for the newspapers and we'll, we'll be in touch. All right. You're about as evasive as they were. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Score. Why did I pick this job? <laughs> Score. All right. The newspapers don't hold anything up to know what you've already known. Oh, they throw them in the street. No. Um, Littering, you are you are thrown in jail. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'll take the papers and I'll head over to, uh, to Hungry Jack's. All right. All right, so you've all congregated back there. At, at noon, that, that whistle blows. Uh, the, the place fills up with lumberjacks. Um, and... The place is completely packed and busy for about 45 minutes. And then it, as quickly as it fills up, it empties out. A few so people stay behind, but most of them, all the lumberjacks go. When uh, uh, Clive entered the uh, restaurant, uh, he uh, found uh, Phillips at the uh, table and joined him. So we conversed a little bit. But as soon as I see the crowd come in and I can see the drivers, truck drivers, telltale by the sawdust still falling off of some of their jeans, whatever, they've got that aroma with them. Mm -hmm. um, I uh, am interested in going up to chat with them and I'm more looking to kind of question them of, uh, have they seen, uh, I. Have, have, if we've heard the description of the car or truck that Dr. Baker's team has been using, I'd describe that to the truck drivers and say, uh, just curious, have you seen this on the road in your particular area? Uh, we're trying to get a feel for just where the campsite is, and I was hoping you might have seen something. All right. Well, to answer your questions, I think just about every truck looked exactly the same in 1923. Um, more or less. Um, everything was painted black, I think. Um, at least everything but, uh, in this area is painted black. Right, but given the small uh, population in the area, there's not that much traffic on the road. So w as they're passing something, they would have noticed who's driving. And it's they true. They, they always wave um, or honk their horn as they go by a friend, right. you know, somebody they recognize. Um, 
No, none of them have seen him. Now the logging, I haven't, I haven't decided where the logging thing is. It's not important to the story, but it'll be, it'll be in a completely different direction than what you imagine. It's on the main road and it connects, it, it now connects with the, uh, with the train station. <laughs> okay. And so as I strike out in that effort uh, and I see the uh, other companions coming into the restaurant, uh, I say my goodbyes and go back and join the table to as we've all uh, started to identify that uh, things are getting later than we expected without anybody here. And uh, I, I mentioned to everybody, it is kind of strange that, uh, you know, Dr. Baker is more organized than this. You would think that uh, he either would have left a, a package at the desk for us. Uh, he would have had one of the students here. Uh, I mean, even his uh, personal secretary, Joanne, should have uh, been helping to organize all of the efforts and have had something to uh, be ready, prepared for us. So it is quite strange. Yeah. Yeah, I agree, Dr. Hall. This is uh, very unusual. Uh, I've tried to ask around town to see if anybody is uh, aware of where the, uh, where Dr. Baker's digging and uh, I've, Tried to look for a vehicle that we might be able to rent, but to no avail. I well, hmm. do do a luck roll. All of us, just me. Well, yeah, or... you know, if you all do a luck roll, whoever's got the best luck out of the, all of all of you, who's got the highest luck score? I've got sixty-five. All right, you win. I have 50, so. Who had 70? I, I have 40 luck. Five. All right. Uh, yeah, go ahead and see if you can pass the luck roll. <laughs> I, I, no, 75. <laughs> three rolls and do, three failures. Do you want to spend five luck to get that luck roll? <laughs> yeah. Morgan's not here. That doesn't count. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you what. Who's got the next luck? Down. I've got 65. All right. Do a luck roll, but with a penalty. Uh, 31. So that's, oh, right. So I re-roll. <sighs> 66. <laughs> 91. All right. <laughs> Just uh, so, everyone chew, chew so a pencil. None of you noticed the giant Shawgoth slither by. <laughs> Sorry, I just realized that I was on mute. Um, I had a seven. I have a 65-year-old seven. Oh. Oh, very good. You rolled what? You rolled a seven? I rolled a seven, and I have a 65 left. Did you roll a penalty dice? I did not. Okay, yeah, roll, roll again. That is uh, 15. All right, so you did pass. So, as... Uh, as Dr. Rathmore is sitting there, he just happens to be facing in the right direction. Um, uh, you notice an eight-year-old boy uh, in uh, overalls and barefoot um, come walking up the street with a bunch of fish slung over his shoulder and a fishing pole in his other hand, and he's heading towards the Penman Hotel. Uh, that's the sun, it must be. Whistling the theme to the Andy Griffith show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Exactly. Hey, is it possible we just forgotten about us? Like, you know, the professor in his old age might have just forgotten. 
do a do a psych roll. Everybody can. Well, everybody doing a psych roll. Um, the, the paleontologists do a psych roll. Uh, ought two. Nice. All right, your ought two tells you that the doctor has one of those personalities where. Uh, he can get very overexcited when he's very interested in something. And it's very likely he, he may have either forgot or they're just going to come in a, you know, it's been a week. Maybe they'll come back in a week, maybe a week and a day. Maybe he'll come tomorrow for Sunday. Yeah, but I, I, I do. Right. I suspect that uh, Dr. Baker is just, uh, lost in, in thought, lost in his work, and is unaware of the time that's passing. He may even be uh, oblivious to what the current day is, let alone what the current time of day. Because there are other doctors there. He said definitely could send somebody back in the truck to pick you And up. that is why he brought his personal secretary. She's the one that's uh, his oversight for his uh, tunnel vision. Well, Joanne didn't come. Oh, you had oh, okay. No, Joanne's back at the university, but she did. He, they did bring Victoria, who is supposed to be acting as organizer, uh, camp mother, and their students. And you'd think they'd run out of stuff. I, uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I guess we're comfortable enough at the hotel that we could wait two days and it wouldn't matter to them very much if they're busy, but I don't, since, since there's already been an injury, I'm, I'm worried that something's gone wrong at the camp. You know, why don't we go and check with that boy? He just came back from over there. I want to go up and go out to that to go talk to him. Oh, I yeah, I think that's a good idea. He might know of a trail or something that we could follow through the woods. Honestly, I would rather just stay in this town. I don't really want to go to any dig side. Why am I even here? Ah, it'll be good for you, boy. Well, Dr. Cooper Smith, if you do remember, they talked about uh, 14, 15 miles away for the uh, dig site. So I, I oh, know that's... That's by the that's uh, by the road, but if there's a if there's a trail through the woods, it could be uh, five miles as far as the crow flies. We should find out. Then we could at least uh, see what Harold finds out from the boy. Uh, well, I, think it I think it's an excellent idea. I'd like to go with Doctor Rathmore and go and see what the uh, what the young <laughs> lad has to say. Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go to the church. To be honest, I need to go. Confess right. my sins. <laughs> they don't do that in the congregational church. <laughs> I know. I know. He kind of they whip it out of you. He, he says it after he says he does laugh. He has a little giggle. All right. So those uh, one who... more thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, Dr. Cooper Smith, uh, you I, you told us about going to the uh, Gazette. Uh, I I wonder. Um, I remember from Dr. Baker's uh, discussion of this whole dig site was all based upon a uh, uh, bone that he found in the archives that came from this area. 
years ago. Uh, maybe the uh, Gazette or the library has uh, records of uh, who dug this up and where. And maybe using that information, we could at least get their initial site location along compared to what the boy has to say. Uh, that's an excellent idea. Yeah, if you wanted to, Dr. Hall, if you wanted to follow up on that, I think that'd be a great idea. But before we start splitting our separate ways, uh, let's do make a plan of when to meet back, uh, say, at the uh, uh, hotel. It's yeah. probably one o'clock now. Yeah, uh, how about we come back and meet, uh, uh, how about we meet at the diner at six for dinner? Yeah, fine by me. I want to go talk to whoever's in charge of our church anyway. Got to have a vicar or something. If the truck doesn't come first by six, I really did not sleep well on the train. Okay. I hear that. The, the walk did me good. Well, so I'm reinvigorated. Gonna, yeah, six is not going to get us out to the site today. Um, it'll be uh, nighttime and be struggling to find their site. So if if we haven't heard word or the uh, the car horn by, uh, I, I would say, no later than 3 o'clock, then let's go ahead and plan on spending the night here in town. Yeah, we have rooms in town. That's the Yeah, we got part. rooms. But we, see, could, we... we could uh, stay at work. You know, we could do whatever kind of uh, investigation until 6. That like don't come for us. Yeah. yeah, but it's fine. You know, as we, we're saying, it could be like a couple of days or something. So we might as well just wait here. We got the rooms. We can learn a bit more about the place. You know, about jazz. It'll be all good. Mr. Oh. Phillips, I saw you eyeing those young girls that walked to the diner. Don't try to fool me what your town plans are. Uh, uh, you, well, Professor Hall, at least I've got the looks. He is a biology student. He's studying biology. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get a closer look at the uh, human anatomy, you know. All right. So who's going back to the penman to talk to Matthew? And I believe That's Dr. Rathmore. Right? Yep. Dr. Rathmore and Dr. Cooper Smith. All right. So you and head back. I'll go to the uh, library. Okay. And, I, and I'm going to the church. <laughs> You're going to go to the church. And Marcus? Oh, I guess I'll follow Dr. Hall to the library in case there's an interesting photographic moment. Okay. Um, uh, well, let's do this. Uh, Dr. Hall and, and Marcus, uh, you get to the library. What do you want to do? Uh, introduce the ourselves to the uh, to librarian. Edna, Edna Miller. Edna. Oh. It, I hope we're not disturbing you. And oh no, no. Uh, are you? Are you also with uh, Dr. Baker's team? Uh, yes, I am, uh, and uh, also uh, Mr. Zundo here. Uh, we're both uh, on the uh, newest team coming in. Uh, you have a camera. We're curious uh, because uh, we understand that the uh, the reason that Dr. Baker came out here was that he found an old catalog of a fossil from the area, and I wondered if, uh, if we wondered if anything you know we, we if there was any record sorry 
that's a beautiful light. If there is any record of what that discovery. Well, the school has had, uh, you know, often does a, 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 what do you call it, a unit on uh, dinosaurs and the kids have collected things uh, all around the place. Um, I suppose there probably been people over the years that have been interested in that sort of thing and have just gone out finding stuff on their own. But um, there's no formal club or anything like that. Uh, you, and there said was... that you said that Dr. Baker has some, some bone from this area. I can't imagine how he would have gotten that unless somebody collected it and sent it to him. Sent or sold, and we were hoping uh, if, if it was sold, then there might be some record here in town of uh, somebody taking the, uh, the, the claim and the honor of such discovery, mm. especially having something shipped to a university. I wouldn't, wouldn't even begin to know where to look. There was nothing uh, in the local paper, for example, about, uh, you know, a farmer finds giant bone. Do you have uh, do you have your old uh, newspapers cataloged here? Uh, we do. We have the Gazette. Um, I think our collection goes back just about a year. Mm. Um, I nothing much happens, you know, especially year after year. It's the same, you know, strawberry festival one one week of the year, and you know, the Sadie Hawkins dance and the. Nothing much ever happens here. You have Sadie Hawkins dances. I've read about them. They don't have those uh, in Cincinnati. <laughs> uh, we have we have chili with cinnamon. Hmm. It's true. I don't like uh, food. <laughs> do uh do you live in town? Uh yeah. Madam? I actually live upstairs. Oh, you're right here. I see. I because the other thing is that we can't seem to find anybody who even knows exactly where the the other parties from our school are located. Like, are they upriver, downriver, or somebody sort of pointed between two hills? But nobody seems to. You'd think that somebody would, from driving all the logging roads, would know exactly where outsiders were. Mm. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, maybe your Dr. Baker wants to keep it a secret. Oh, like it's a like it's a mining thing. It's not like a mining thing. We're uh, academics. Well, I mean, there have been. Uh, I was telling your friend uh, Dr. Co Cooper Smith um, that there's been a lot of uh, illegal activity out here uh, prior to the town. You know. Um, uh, fur trapping, mining, uh, uh, who knows what, probably even uh, 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 anti-prohibition, uh, well, that's probably still going on, uh, still making their own whiskey. Oh, but you, you know, uh, do, uh, do you mean that um, that fossil might have come uh, from sort of a secret location originally? That would be why nobody might know. I have no idea. Don't they usually identify bones when they're collected? Unless some kid collected it. 
So that does offer up a question uh, out of game. The, did uh, Dr. Baker uh, tell the uh, paleontology department what particular bones he found and therefore the catalog date of, of it being sent to the universities? Something for us to reference to then use to research. Let's do a, do a luck roll for me. Uh, yes, that would be a hard. Okay, you got a hard. Here's the thing. He found, he, he, he was looking through the stacks at uh, the university, found some sort of bone. Um, he chose, uh, he didn't really relate what it was or what he thought that it was. Um, and he chose very specifically certain people uh, to see if he could convince them to go on this dig. And you weren't one of those people. Um, but it was apparently, uh, with your luck roll, it seemed to imply that you, you think you actually heard the term opposable thumb. Um, and on a dinosaur, that would be rather unusual. So that seemed, something seemed to really excite him. And if, if you actually heard a posable thumb on a dinosaur bone, that would be really, that would be sensational, especially to a, a paleontologist. Completely understand. But you're that. not absolutely sure if that's what you heard. And you weren't included. Now you're included. <laughs> it's like we should have brought uh, Hall and, and, and Cooper Smith. Right, but I was laid up recovering from a broken leg. So it's understandable why he left me out of the initial crew. Right. Uh, but at the same time, the question is, uh, was the box that the bone was found in identified with a date? Uh, no, there was no date. Okay. And there was, uh, there was only a general area. And uh, there was no identification. Um, there might have been, well, you don't know this. I mean, there might have been initials, but initials don't tell you anything, you know, but no date. And very likely, in a case like that, being in the paleontology, you know, you know that there's lots of things like that. Uh, there are large clubs that love to go out and dig up fossils, and they don't label things correctly, and they don't. They're not competent paleontologists. They're just amateurs. Dr. Rathmore would be especially pissed off about stuff like that because people go and dig up uh, pottery and stuff like that and completely destroy the site um, and then bring him the shit and say, hey, look what we found. You're like, You've we have no way of now tracing what this is. So that's kind of probably you suspect what happened. And probably anybody other than Dr. Baker might never have noticed this thing. Um, uh, so, uh, anything else at the library? Other than that, she doesn't really have any more info. I have no further questions. Byron, where are you going? You just went back to your room. 
I went to the church. Oh, you're going to the church. Yeah. Okay. Uh, when you get to the church, uh, the church uh, is locked. Okay. It's, it's uh, Saturday night. How tall is the church? It's it's a fairly nice church. It's a you know colonial, white clapboard, you know, pointy thing with a steeple sticking up. Okay. How how like how do you know how tall that is? Going Fif- Fifty just... feet. I don't know. I don't really. Okay. So I won't, if I got up there, I won't really be able to have a good view. Or oh, you'd have a you'd probably have it'd be the tallest thing in the town. Okay. But I don't think I'll... you can get up there because it's actually the entrance. To the steeple would be a stairway oh, inside okay. the church. Okay. Damn. <laughs> Unless I did some Spider-Man climbing, I don't think I'd. So obviously, there's not a rectory. Um, uh, the the preacher or pastor or vicar lives somewhere in the town. She wouldn't know where. Okay. Well. Oh, if that, I'll just head back to the hotel and make a okay. note to go back tomorrow. So before you get back to the hotel, uh, Dr. Cooper Smith and Dr. Rathmore get there first. And uh, they go in. Uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Penman is there. Uh, evening, folks. Uh, uh, I imagine you're probably going to eat later at the at the the hungry jacks but we can have fish tonight if you want my boy brought home quite a quite a catch oh that's fantastic actually i think we did see him coming in with his uh with his haul yeah he came in about 10 minutes ago matthew yeah paul and this kid comes around from what you assume to be like the the private quarters if you look on that picture, you can see that like the area underneath and, and behind the stairs is all their private, their private. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes out, uh, he's shirtless with, uh, 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 what do I want to say? Uh, I forgot out loud my brain. Overalls, overalls on and barefoot. And he's like, yeah, Paul. And he says, these people here are scientists like the one that you, uh, you followed out to their site. Hello, hello, mister. Well, it's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. What's your name? (laughs) I'm Jim. I'm Matthew. I'm eight. (laughs) I'm Harold. That's a a mighty fine uh, catch you got there, as uh, Jim has said. Where did you catch those fish? Oh, I caught him down by the river. How you far? Go, How... You want to go fishing? Oh, yeah. I'm actually very interested in fishing. It's about That's two miles. Two miles fishing from here. Now, your pa said that you had been following uh, Dr. Baker and you saw where their initial dig site was. Yep. You know, I'd actually love to see that. And it, could you give me directions? I certainly wouldn't want to take you away from your father, but could you, uh, you point you, us in the right direction? You'd get completely lost out there, but I could take you. I could take you tomorrow if you want. I think Paul, that would be... And he says, after church. He says, aww. Well, we would be much obliged. 
Well, I know that you people are uh, waiting for your doctor friend. If he doesn't show up, I'll tell you what, I'll let you Matthew in the morning. I'm sure he's a good enough boy that he doesn't need to go to church tomorrow for the once. Uh, he can walk you out there. How far is it? About four miles. Four miles. Um, he's like, if you don't mind walking, you got horses. Maybe you can find somebody who'll drive you out there, but I don't think there's much chance of that. I feel like the, the chances of getting a driver are pretty slim. Four miles, that's a sturdy walk. I, I think it'd be... Uh, you know, good good for the soul to you know to fill the air, fill your lungs with this uh, good clean mountain air. What time yeah, do you want to go? Bright and early. How about tomorrow after breakfast? Tomorrow after breakfast. So what? Seven. That sounds fantastic. All right. Well, um, you know the diner opens at six thirty, but Mary can fix you some stuff here if you want before. Um, if you guys are going to leave that early. Yeah, that'd probably be best. All right. Mm -hmm. You say, boy, you're going to be a scientist after all. Hot damn, Dad. And we'll call it there for the evening. All right. And now, your criticisms, please, so far. I've written down the things that you've suggested. This is great. Anything? Was it Okay. It, it's good. It's a good introductory. Um, yeah, it's a good introductory. Um, do you, uh, I didn't see the, uh, the videos obviously on how you guys are building this. Uh, did you envision this as a um, convention scenario, something that's playable in a, in a four hour bracket, no. four to six hour bracket, or is this something that you think is more of like a, uh, possible multi-installment, even in a home setting, where you might be getting four to six hours of playtime in a single setting. Yeah, I think it's going to be multiple. I think um, I think in uh, some email you said you estimated it to be between four and six two-hour episodes. Right. That, yeah. So like two, two or three home episodes. We didn't consider time when we were creating it because we didn't want to limit ourselves on anything like that. And it's our first time. So we sure. figured we would just create it and see how long it took to play. Um, and after all, there's, you know, every possible length is desirable for somebody. Yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, you know, so... Yeah, I, I was just curious on what uh, what you were looking for and what kind of um, what kind of gaming experience you're looking to uh, present. Um, uh, I'm actually I find it interesting um, the enter the enter the darkness channel has a uh, a unique format where you routinely have uh, two hour long episodes and sometimes you might have a, uh, a story, an adventure take three episodes long or seven episodes or 35 episodes, mm -hmm. right? Uh, but it's always two hours at a pop, right? right. Um, and so uh, 
I think it would be interesting because I've written scenarios that were convention uh, focused, you know, so it would be something that I wanted to have playable in a four to six hour single setting, single session or longer uh, books, you know, that, that I wasn't that concerned about uh, I mean, I was concerned about beats, but I wasn't that concerned about what a beat would be in a session. And because of the uniqueness of Into the Darkness, I mean, you guys have a well-established uh, run of two-hour segments. Um, I would like to have seen uh, a beat designed for each segment. So, it, yeah. so we just completed our first session. And other than... Uh, securing this eight-year-old kid to be a guide for us in the woods next session nothing really happened in this beat you know nothing happened in this in this uh, first session mm -hmm. no yeah I, I would just uh to piggyback on that i just yeah that was the only thing i got the feeling because i think it's a combination of that and it's, i think it's a combination of the town because there's really not much in this town so it's kind of a bare bones town. So then a lack of an, an inciting incident in the first session makes it feel like drawn out, especially considering the fact that like, by and large, most of the people in the town don't seem to have to offer much of anything to anybody, right? Like, it's like, oh yeah, those people, those great. Yeah, like we don't know anything. And right. yeah, but, you know. Yeah, so I mean, we, we went, I feel like we went out of our way to visit almost everything that's on this map we didn't go to the livery stables we didn't go to the uh i'm assuming it's an elementary schoolhouse those are the and, and then we couldn't get into the church um so those are the only three locations that we haven't actually owned the post office we haven't been into those locations yet um but everybody that i visited you know, no one was able to provide us a vehicle, uh, which is really what I thought. When I saw Harold's Garage on the map, I thought that is a 1920s car rental. That's something that we could go and, and, and procure uh, self-transportation. We actually uh, thought about that. And then we realized that there wouldn't be very many cars available in a town like this to borrow and that the doctor would have already borrowed them. So it, well, leaves, you, it leaves you shit out of luck unless yeah. you can get somebody to drive you out there or you can ride horses. It puts it well, because most people are not going to choose riding as a skill. Mm -hmm. Unless that's right. hinted yeah. at or suggested, yeah, then we're all going to be waiting for a car. Yeah, I mean, because ride and, is only a five percent base. Does sort of consume the whole day. Like that's that's actually a really good point. Um, so we could, to be honest, uh, the the availability of a vehicle or <laughs> horse riding. Um, is probably your only two options. And I didn't think about the fact that none of you might know how to ride horses. 
Right. And you could you could include in the structure of the thing that only people who could ride horses were invited from Cincinnati. Because there certainly are people in Cincinnati in 1923 right. who could ride. Sure. Well, but that and would have so, required that would have required knowledge insight that the we're not staying at the hotel that we are gonna be off site camping. Right. Yeah. Right. And but it's what, also something that I wouldn't, ex I wouldn't expect from somebody who's a professor at Cincinnati to know how to ride a horse. Right. right. So I've got a couple of questions for you. Um, Tom, what was your vision of, as John, as John put it, the uh, major theme uh, within this first two hours? The first, first episode. Right. Um, what you are, what you learned I'll tell you what you learned and not necessarily what you were meant to learn. What you learned was the doctor hasn't been back in a week. Right. Um, the people in the town think the doctor and his people are awesome. You know, they're not weird or, or they're not creepy cultists. They're just regular, nice, affable people. It was to establish that uh, Harry was somehow injured uh, in what looks like a frostbite. Oh, right. Uh, we did get that piece of information. That um, was very interesting. That, um, oh, should I say that? So let me ask you this. No, you shouldn't say it. If you're not <laughs> sure, you shouldn't say it. So let me, let me make a comment here. Uh, having gone to the general store and overhearing the, uh, two women and, and the customer's argument about the rotten egg. Uh, while that's interesting right now, I have nothing to really base a real need to delve into that, devil egg, delve into that. But uh, at the same time, if that's something to pursue in the future, I kind of see it not going anywhere because we're going to be up leaving town to go off to these sites. So it may be something that we stumble upon while we're out there near the site that a source of what's causing these rotten eggs. But right now in town, it wasn't really giving anything. That's one aspect. Um, I would, I would describe it differently. If I may, I think that, I, I, I think you're very right that the rotten eggs are a, a plot point that we have not yet seen develop and that maybe we as players can't do much with. But as a player, I also think that's in the realm of creepy pre-action stuff that I find charming or interesting or compelling right but like, right now it's just a one instance there's not a yeah it's not uh uh, uh nana at the uh, hotel uh also complaining about having a couple of rotten eggs so you know it, it needs we're gonna need to to find a few more instances before it gives us something so it's kind of that thing out there that we're <clears throat> we're gonna remember and then say hey i remember this comment and now we can pursue it but just, yeah. just let throw me, it out there. Let me throw this back at you just so that you know. There may have been more, but your luck rolls didn't land the right way. 
That, that's a fair comment. You didn't you didn't hear certain things along the way, right? Um, and even so, there were two things that were weirdly unhealthy. I can't remember what the other one was, except for rotten eggs. But I jotted it down. But I have too many notes. <laughs> yep, the opposable thumb on the bones. No, that's that's just spooky in a different way. There was something else that cool. was like yeah. it didn't. It was gross. Like something else that was. Icky. Now, there's something. Oh, the burns, of course, on the the, the frostbite burns. The, fr yeah. the non-frostbite frostbite burns. Um. There's, um, at this point, I'm I'm well without giving anything away. Okay, this is, this is something that I'm going to tell you, but it's something that you would figure out in the next episode rather quickly. And that's that he's not going to show up. Okay? Mm -hmm. He's obviously not going to just suddenly show up at the end of the second episode. Actually, we've all figured that out already. Because right. <laughs> um, he's so late. So the first part of this is to establish a, a little bit of desperation on your part. And the reason why is as, as you become more desperate to figure out what happened, there's a couple of things that you might do that you wouldn't otherwise do, which I'm not going to tell you, mm -hmm. but, um, okay, I'm going to give you a hint only. And the hint is um, Dr. Baker and his team were staying at the hotel. Right. I, I've considered, uh, you know, trying to get into their rooms and see what kind of stuff they've got and that might be something that we do uh Next later because it's you know we haven't gotten into the evening time yet uh so that might be an evening activity um so and uh not to harp on the car but i wanted to, to give you an idea on something you don't have to include it for this play test but something to maybe consider for a future play test is uh yeah uh, baker and the that crew they probably would have uh already borrowed um reliable cars and that's why there aren't any reliable cars but um harold's garage could have one truck like a pickup truck uh something that you could get two characters in the cab and then everybody else can just ride in the bed right and it'll also take any gear that anybody buys over at uh, the general store um but this pickup truck you could go ahead and establish that the pickup truck the reason why baker and his crew didn't uh, uh borrow it already is harold had told working. them that it's an unreliable vehicle right or maybe it's an he was working on it yeah yeah mm -hmm. it's an unreliable vehicle that always tends to need repairs and so baker passed on it well because it's the only thing available that becomes this unreliable tool that the pcs could have access to so now it makes sense for needing to make drive rolls to use the vehicle and then electrical repair and then and then the the keeper can have it ha uh break down uh when the plot requires it to and so uh you're looking at needing to do uh uh you know mechanical repairs or electrical repair rolls skill rolls under pressure you know because uh, i would assume that 
it's gonna it's gonna break down at the worst possible time you know yeah, when, when the there's a chase coming after yeah there's yeah. a chase scene occurring <laughs> and so now you're having to try and make this you know desperate repair as something is coming you know through the woods or something or down the road so that's something you know to think about for the future that uh, that an unreliable vehicle is uh is available to them and then maybe that uh the library might have uh, uh old um logging maps of the of the region uh so that uh you might have some maps that are that have those ridges um i forgot the name of them but uh, uh peabody peppercorn, or, peppercorn yeah. and uh, peppercorn and that's one of the things that i was going to bring up was the the ridges because Early on, you named it as Peppercorn, but later on, you named it as Capricorn. <laughs> gave a, no, I a, don't ever remember saying Capricorn. Pinment, uh, a but, bridge. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we right, need had to... two or three. Yeah, there's a, there's there's some mapping that there's is... Peppercorn Ridge and there's Allsbury Ridge, Allsbury. Yeah, Aston so, Astonbury Ridge. Ha ha having a larger uh, region map mm -hmm. that that you know maybe it's got uh, uh, topographical uh, elevation lines uh, that right. it shows the uh, ridges and things like that um, uh, and maybe some old you know uh, farming or, or goat trails or something that you know uh, you might be able to take a truck onto that having that as something that you might be able to get access to from the library or something like that would be kind of cool. I don't think we've done real yet this mapping way. makes lying easier. Say that again. Real mapping makes lying easier. Sure. Yeah. It's just take a place and then turn it sideways and neighbor everything, but then actually print it out and then it's all established. I actually yeah. looked for quite a while to see if I could find a regional map of the area and, and modify it. And I did to some extent, but you haven't gotten there yet. Ah. Well, yeah, that's um, a that's the problem with this conference. Actually, what you're saying would make sense. Now I've actually got a reason to put in the logging area. Yeah, because you could easily go to the logging office and find such a map. They would have, and then, and then, for sale yeah, they'd have to store. Yeah, yeah, they wouldn't sell probably sell anything like that there because yeah. nobody would buy it. Um, no, but yeah, the, but the, there there's a there's a physical place where the their competing logging firms are in fact have both like they have two maps and it's like dealing but with they, rivers and they're dealing with all kinds of stuff but the the uh, general store also had the gas pumps out front and the gas pumps out front imply that traffic is coming by people might want a local map so that's that's where i'm coming from yeah but, and um, something else we as a team group did not pursue is, you know, we have money in our pocket that we could have been offering up to uh, the uh, customers that came into the uh, diner, uh, even the loggers, now that their shift is over, uh, pay them bucks to take us out once we know uh, uh, an area to go. So there's some things we haven't done yet. That that is certainly a possibility. That's kind of what we thought might be a possibility for you to do. And yeah, we I, were to go ahead. I was going to say I didn't go to the library, and I can't recall uh, the folks who did. Did anybody try and do uh, any research of the 
history of West Haven and, and the general yes, area? Yes, I did. And I was actually kind of disappointed at the fact that I couldn't turn up anything or even a spot hidden or anything in that library okay. area. Like, we didn't anticipate that you'd be asking that, but I think we did write up a little bit. I couldn't find it, but it's it's not important to the story, so we didn't. Okay. We didn't really write it up that much. I think you should probably not have a library there. Well, if it's um, not going to give you any relevant information anyway. I mean, what you did get, but you both went there and you got something. I mean, you got something I couldn't get, which was you got the opposable thumb bone thing from there. From the library? No, I, that, no. No, that was a side was, thought, comment. Uh, yeah. Professor uh, Clive Hall got oh, that I out see. of his memory. That he oh, I see. I see. Recall that there was something you just happened to be at the library at the time. So it seems like it's yeah. such a small town to have a library in 1923. The Vanderbilts were doing it a little bit, but I was I was kind of envisioning when I when I think of this place, I think of well, I go to Knott's Berry Farm occasionally, and then the Knott's Berry Farm here has an old schoolhouse. I'm sorry, an old uh, uh, supposed library. And it's really just a rectangle, about 30 by 20. And right. it's got books, you know, and they're usually fiction books for the kids to read in school because the school doesn't have a library. Um, and it's and like, how many people and they, always put the word, they always put free, you know, free yeah. library on those old libraries like that. Yeah. But there's, yeah, no, I mean, there's no most of, Most of the libraries in the U.S., the public, the free public libraries in the U.S. are roughly from the WPA era or from before it uh, when uh, Vanderbilt, I think, was funding them all. Um, and they had marble and they had, they were free libraries. Because it, it was an idea, like it didn't just always exist. Right. Um, but uh, I feel like communities of less than 200 people didn't really often have community libraries of any kind because they were just too small. Well, honestly, if we took it out of the story, it wouldn't make any difference. Anymore. And well, and, and, and that's, you know, yeah, I, I'm only saying it because it could be associated with the uh, community gazette area or the school. Yeah. 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 They um, could be folded into something. I think, uh, I think it might just be there. Uh, to waste a little of your time to build some more desperation. Sure. I mean, I, I, I like having the variety of places to visit. Um, yeah, and I do like your... <laughs> I, no, and it's good. The West Haven is a nice little sandbox. I do like it. Um, and I'd like your map. Um, I, I think it's... I mean, there's just some nitpicky things like the scale of certain things are I'm, I'm having a hard time with some of the scales because the, the church is much larger than the hotel. Uh, Harold's garage is about the same size as the hotel. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a, yeah, a divergent scale like going that. on and there's no compass rows and there's no, uh, you know, distance marker. I mean, you know, so. We don't, yeah, we don't have any in the compass roses on any of them, but we assume that north is straight up. So, sure. How offensive. Yeah, well, compass roses should should be there. We had the this one issue thing that up I, in our other game. The one thing that I, I just want to make one comment about, which was um, desperation. So maybe it was just our group or whatever, but I, I 
even though we know that Dr. Baker hasn't come back or anything, I didn't feel a desperation. Like, I, you know, it's That's kind good. of one of those, right? We, okay. We, we didn't want you to think, we don't want you to come into this thinking, oh my God, he hasn't shown up. There must be something horribly wrong because there's, there's no reason to believe that at this point. You know, this is 1923. You're not all sitting there looking at your watches thinking, where the fuck is he? Where the fuck is he? You're like, well, when he gets here, he gets here. This is... Well, I, people are rushing think, around trying to get everything done. I wonder if there's a way to to make that felt because we're all modern people, and it's like, oh my heavens, somebody's yeah. twenty two minutes late, and I haven't gotten a text. Like he must be dead. And also, we know there was an injury, a mysterious injury. So maybe if if the tele if maybe if we get telegrams instead of telephone calls. And they say, like, come on, the, come on this train, and we'll pick you up on the Monday. <laughs> well, then you Ethan. would be really alarmed, though, if they didn't show up. Um, right, but that, if, if, we, if, we, if we take the 12-hour train from Saturday to Sunday, <laughs> and that gives us a day to hang out in town and learn things. And we all, because we're college football players, we know we're supposed to learn something even if the town is sleepy and dishonest. <laughs> Maybe they're all actually lizards. Uh, but we're not well, expecting... It's kind of weird <laughs> history to the town, you know. And uh, then on Monday, when they don't show up, we go, oh, no, this is alarming. Um, I, they, just, I Just putting it into context, um, they're only, um, they're only you know, 14 miles away, and they have vehicles... There's no reason why they couldn't be here in a half an hour, pick you up and bring you back there when your train arrives. My character was a little cross about that. Um, that's assuming that they know when your train's going to arrive and they know that when you're going to get on the train, which they didn't know. One thing so we when did I, not ask was uh, at the train station, is there a regular schedule of train arrivals? And yeah, with probably. That, then with that, then it would have been, okay, so the... Uh, Dr. Baker would have known when we should have been arriving, and with that, you know, uh, we could, we should have been expecting a student or somebody to be here to pick us up. And so, yeah, we wait a few hours because we know things get busy at the camp now that they're out camping, and while they weren't really expecting to be camping on site, uh, and so we allow a few hours or half a day before, like you said, now we start wondering, okay, we're going to have to start fending for ourselves. Well, so here's the thing. Dr. Baker comes in on Saturday. He calls the university and says, see if these people are available uh, and send them out here. We're staying at the Penman Hotel. Right. And, uh, and see if you can get that together. And then he hangs up the phone and ends up going back to wherever the camp is. The university contacts you, finds out whether you're available. Some of you aren't available. They're going to send Byron instead. And then you have to get your stuff together and you have to... Now, the train could be coming to this town every single day at 9 a.m. Is he going to send somebody in the truck every single day at 9 a.m. to see if somebody's shown up yet? Or is he just going to wait until the end of the week when he, they need to come back into town and see if somebody's shown up? Yeah, right. that's a point where I object. But that also fits with the uh, telegraph I think, situation because now we 
uh, Cincinnati could have been telegraphing to say, okay, the team is organized. We just put them on the train, expect them at this time. So now when the telegram gets to town, somebody knowing they're going to get paid because that kind of payment from a university is more than they're going to make from customers in a hotel that are non-existent because there's not that many customers in town. They'd Good be point. willing to take their Maybe. car and drive up <laughs> to deliver the message. Maybe they did. <laughs> My, yeah. And, and that we do, the, having these conversations, these post-prandial uh, uh, investigations of our investigation, sometimes, of course, they're going to ask questions about the future of the campaign that we don't know. But I would say that any rational party in the Dakotas would have somebody at the hotel by the telegraph. And they would know that two people were coming on Saturday and four people were coming on Sunday or whatever was happening. And then they would travel together. So the only reasonable assumption that that humans who were arriving on Sunday, uh, Saturday morning could have was, if no one's here to meet us, there's something wrong. I think that's a reasonable presumption. Okay. But let me go I'm, ahead. Okay, go ahead. Oh, let me go ahead and finish uh, for the for the the episode, and then uh, we can talk some more. But cool. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought we. Well, let's let's just we don't want to make it a four hour long. Episode. <laughs> uh, our players included John Hook, Bill Riggle, uh, Josh Harwood, David Gasway, and Harry Shrow with yours truly as the keeper of the secrets. Currently producing up to four shows a week with music and sound effects added in post production in order to create a richer listener experience. We provide audio only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. The cost involved with the short provided almost entirely by our patrons. Without them, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. If you'd like to support our show, please visit the page, our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. You can find a link in the description below. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows and leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure in the universe of HP Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good game. Thank you.